Well, 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 welcome back to our first Risk Roundtable of 2022. Our podcast schedule is in chaos this month after Dave's Costa Rican adventures with COVID. Check out last week's Nerd Out if you missed that update. We're excited to be back on track, kind of, sort of, as we start February. Dave, Jen, welcome back. Welcome back to the Risk Roundtable. How are you both? Welcome back to America. America. Let me just tell you, it was quite, quite an adventure, quite an adventure. So I'm still mixed on whether you really experienced any troubles down there. So it's just all part of a very convoluted Dave Pounder sham. But I, I, I can show you, I can show you my step tracker for uh, for being in a hotel room. I think I like at my low point, I did 250 steps a in the day, and I think that was going from my bed to the bathroom and back. I think, but wow, that uh, sounds pretty exciting. No, well, nothing, no, no, I, I will tell you the, the most exciting part was when my son, my son was with me for the first half and then, and then not the second half because it was, I was then positive. But what, what the most exciting part was getting our food delivered, knowing it was going to be cold, but like opening up that carton to see what was in there. And you're like, surprise. It, it was amazing, amazing stuff. You know, not to get so far off track, but yeah, that, that was so much of the army to me, right? I remember a mission we had, this is, picture it, right? So it's Kosovo 2001. We're sent out on an observation mission on the uh, boundary with what the former uh, Republic of Yugoslavia. And it's literally a whiteout, like we can't see anything. So we're just sitting in trucks for seven days, marking time, not seeing a thing. The only thing we could do was enjoy the excitement of opening up our MREs one after the other three times a day. And let me tell you something, when you're eating MREs three times a day and consuming like 6,000 calories and completely stationary in a truck, you have to do human things out in the, the, the blizzard that was Kosovo, that was a miserable week of existence. So I empathize for you, Dave. I, I can share in the excitement of that moment of eating because there's nothing else going on. But anyway, we're way off track and I'm sure Jen doesn't want to hear any more about this. So no, actually... So I have no military experience personally. I mean, my stepdaughter is in Army ROTC, like Dave's son. However, no, my question thinking about that is, did you do anything like MRE bingo or something? I don't know. I I had two fantastic gentlemen with me at the time. I I loved them both, incredible soldiers. And uh, we just made the best we could of conversation day after day, hour after hour, keeping our trucks alive, checking on the other trucks. And honestly, like not seeing a thing, like we, it was just, it was just a blanket of white. So it was a pretty miserable existence. That's, that's besides the point. The important thing is we're glad Dave's back. Dave, we're glad you're back. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, check out Dave's Nerd Out last week. It was a fantastic discussion um, on the recent Texas hostage incident. Uh, he spoke with faith-based ISAL members and, and, and uh, staff, and it was an awesome discussion, but Dave started out talking about COVID pretty candidly. Dave, I got to commend you. It was a pretty candid discussion. Thank you for sharing that. I thought that was great. And Jen surprised us to start the new year with the first ever Jen Spotify, Spotify, Dave, I said it, video recording. We were very impressed and you pulled the rug out from underneath us. So great stuff. Exciting, exciting pods start the year. Anything you guys want to highlight from those recordings? Just noting that I was the first, although in all fairness um you got a little help from uh, your guest uh from ronnie <laughs> because it was recorded he would put a post it was his youtube channel i believe so i was like 
the the balloon was a little deflated when that I was like, dang it. So technically the first, but not, you know, not entirely. But uh yeah, that's all that's all there. We're probably gonna do another solo episode from my perspective for February, just a lot going on. And then we'll probably uh, come back and get uh, bring some guests on and uh, have a couple interesting months ahead. So looking forward to that. Well, I'm excited. That, that, that was a great episode. Yeah, if you didn't catch my walking interview with Ronnie T, not not a planned video. It's on his YouTube. We'll share the uh, the link again in the show notes because I was uh, here. I was in my ragtag Detroit Lions T-shirt and I think unshaven and walking as we chatted about business email compromise. That fun topic. And Dave, seriously, great great uh, recording last week. Anything you want to share? No, I, I don't have necessarily anything I want to share. I, I do have a question to ask you, though, Andy. Matt Stafford, your loyal lion for years, are you cheering for the Rams in the Super Bowl? Or are you going, what, what, how's you, how are you feeling about Matt Stafford right now? So, so I think that's a good topic. Why don't we circle back to that at the end? Because okay. People are talking about way too long. So why don't we hold that thought? I'll tell you that I still love and, and cheer for Matt Stafford, but, it, but it's, a, it's a big discussion. So why don't we talk some security stuff? All right, back all right. talk more, you know, important things like it is a security podcast, right? It is. And ball security is a key component of the NFL and in the playoffs. So it is relevant. But anyway, 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 anyway. So you got some exciting podcasts coming up as well. I think I'm looking forward to mine. I'm not going to say too much. I already did once on Twitter. It was buried in there. But I'll say I'm going to have a very exciting, slightly different interview for February, a very inside the beltway perspective on cybersecurity. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, hopefully you guys have some fun things coming up. Jen, you already hinted that you are. So good stuff ahead. But for today, today, Dave, welcome back. Do you want to start us out? Anything you want to kick us off with for main topics? You know, I, I kind of struggle with, the t- you know, when we were kind of beating around ideas, Andy usually sends out and says, okay, what do you guys want to talk about? Where are we going to go? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I, you know, I'm kind of going back and forth on, on the areas to, to talk about. I, I do find it very interesting. I've written a couple of reports lately about some of the cyber incidents and, and we're looking at, you know, obviously we've got the hubbub over, you know, Ukraine and Russia going on right now. I, I'm I'm just I'm 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 very interested to see what the landscape is going to show like this year, um, because I, I see you know with this whole Russia and Ukraine thing, I think that's where I want to settle is 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 this what the world is looking for right now? I mean, it does take me back to that '80s, you know, in, in the ni- mid 1980s, and and you're looking at posturing around the globe. You know, it never really amounted to anything. There was a lot of, you know, of the dark shadows going on in the political intrigue. Is this helpful for the global war? You know, I'm sorry, global, that's the wrong phrase, the, for our preparedness. You know, if we have this bipolar, or even you bring in China, so you have three superpowers here struggling for this supremacy of a day-old age, is this helpful to preparedness for organizations? I, I'm not sure the answer to that. What do you, I mean, how do you view this posturing that's going on and, and the impacts to preparedness? I don't I like know. Main, yeah, I like you kind of, your main topic really just throwing it back at us to- I, I, Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> good move, it's a good move. No, I'll, I'll say, I mean, I think this is, it's, a compl- it's a complexity that um, doesn't help anything, right? Because I think organizations have to consider potential impacts if there are events you know, in Eastern Europe, uh, that's going to have some cascading effects, could create some security consider, you know, concerns in Europe if they have a European footprint. 
And we know there's potential for, you know, issues to arise here domestically. Cybersecurity focus, probably, you know, I don't think we're expecting you know, physical impacts necessarily, but those, those resources, that time, that attention, you've only got so much, right? And so when you're, when you're having a shift focus to potentially extracting personnel, looking at security operations, that takes away the resources you have here at home, looking at protests going on in our backyards, looking at potential preparedness people might return to the office. So it's definitely a distractor. I mean, there's distractors that decreases our, re our readiness overall, I think. So it is, is a challenge. You know, I don't think we're back in the 1980s, but certainly, you know, for whatever you know, rationale and calculations Mr. Putin <clears throat> made, he thought it was a good time to sort of pull these strings. And, and now we've got this you know, delicate dance going on in and around Ukraine. And it's, it's not, it certainly isn't helpful, I don't think, from a security standpoint or preparedness standpoint. Jen? So I want to I want to kind of go back a little bit to something you said. I don't know, I'd like to correct you. Well, so maybe we're not expecting. Well, kind of correct you. The potential. You said, oh, nothing physical. And I know what you meant. You meant like no one's going to physically, you know, cross our borders, kind of stuff. No physical. But you know that whole blended threat idea and the cyber, you know, with physical ramifications. You know, no kinetic war per se, but you know that. So um, just. I caught that. I don't, you know, I know you didn't mean it, but just like, oh, wait a minute, blend it. No, 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 you're, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I think, you know, David, I think that's a great point Jen's making, right? I think you're absolutely right, Jen. I mean, we've already seen that. We, we've seen different things happening in, in Europe, right? Whether that you know, is related to this directly or not. We certainly saw Russia um, make moves to look like they were clamping down on some ransomware activity as, as there were initial discussions in and around Ukraine, right? We saw that disruption. And if, if things don't go well diplomatically, then you know, that boss can be turned back on. And, they, and we've already seen you know, serious ransomware incidents, blended threats, as we like to talk about so often at Gate 15 you know, last year. And there's nothing to suggest that we wouldn't see similar type threats, maybe even more consequential threats uh, manifest themselves if there are conflicts that are in right Ukraine. So, so you're absolutely right, Jen. You're absolutely right. Go on. I just wanted to kind of call you out on that, just kind of jokingly. But... Um... You know, I'm not going to talk likelihood and Dave was kind of alluding to it like, you know, but that's for other people. I'm going to let likelihood go. But my perspective from a from a cyber perspective or a blended threat perspective is that it's just hmm, I don't want to be glib about it, but it's the threat of the day, which is fine if that's, you know, if, if it helps to get people moving in the right direction. Um, but overall, I mean, I had a, a kind of a ton of points here to talk about, but um, I think I can probably just, we know that for one, we know that Russia has demonstrated the capability to your point in, you know, to have a, a cyber attack that has physical ramifications against Ukraine. They did it in 15, 16, and 17. Um, and then there's, you know, kind of the, the hintings of stuff going on now. Um, so we know they have the capabilities. Will they use it again against us, you know, to stop us? Mm, yeah, I'm again, I'm not going to, but the point is from a cyber perspective, I want to be prepared. If I'm prepared for this threat, then I'm likely prepared for very so many other cyber threats and vice versa. If I'm prepared for other cyber threats, then I should already be, I should be prepared for this threat. Should we maintain heightened, you know, a little bit of heightened vigilance? Sure, absolutely. Um, and kind of to Dave's point, I go back to early 2020 when they were talking about Iran, and, and I got to admit, back then I was like, no, I don't think that, I don't think anything is going to happen. Um, 
but that was Iran. This this is Russia is different, but again, I'll leave the likelihood discussion for others. Um, way more smarter than me. Um, I, I just going to be prepared and. I think you're bringing up a good point here, Jen, because um, you know if we compare this type of posturing, if, if you say again, I, I, it's an it's not a clean comparison between this and the Cold War of the '80s. The difference, though, is that exactly what you were just talking about—the reach that that right. Look, I think the the idea to say this is just a um, Ukraine versus Russia type of thing, and maybe Eastern Europe type of thing is the wrong way to look at it because I think we have seen the capabilities of you know that cyber reach to be able to impact infrastructure. So, you know, if the United States does decide to support Ukraine in any way shape or form that Russia uh, um, takes as interference, well, everything is on the table. You know, it's not just stuff that's in Europe and it's not just organizations that are in Europe that are going to be impacted, but we've seen the impacts of critical infrastructure last year, the devastating impacts of that. And just imagine what that's going to look like if the gloves come off. And I think that to your point, I think you bring up a great point. The preparedness part, we really need to know, hey, they've they've shown this and we can't just view it through that myopic lens of European it's a global impact, the global reach they have. So I, I, I support what you're saying there, Tim. So what I think is really interesting about the challenge we're in today is, I don't know, this, I want to try and jog my memory historically here, but really I think this is, this is the first like really heavy confrontation we've had in the current sort of uh, connected landscape, right? Where I think besides the diplomatic conversations and, and, and uh, you know, associated uh, dialogue that's happening, you know, publicly and privately. Now there is the ability for all nations involved to flex some of those muscles and remind one another of, of ways we can attack in a non-kinetic way as well, right? And so I think it, it's an interesting time to observe what's going on. Not ideal, but it, but it's but it, it certainly is an interesting time in history to see sort of how this plays out and what's going on. But I think you know, Jen, you hit a lot of really key points, Dave. I, I know we're not going to stay on this topic for for the whole time here, but I'll ask you, do you, do you imagine there's a likelihood of military confrontation involving the United States and Ukraine? It's so hard. I, honestly, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think it's, look, we saw, you know, Ukraine, Russia push Georgia. I, I can't, I, again, I don't remember the last years when this happened, but Georgia was, was taking action. They, Russia went after them and, and we didn't help. We, we weren't there. And again, I'm not, I'm not making political statements whatsoever. I'm just stating, you know, this is what happened. In Ukraine back in, uh, I mean, when it happened with uh, Crimea, same thing with Russia. They pushed, they pushed, they pushed, they went in. And what what happened on, from the Western powers? No, nothing. And so I, I think what we've seen here, you know, you can look at it from two different ways. Is 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 this really going to happen? You know, or is it or or is this a feint to something else using old school old school you know military terminology? Or is this a feint to you know we're posturing? You know, when is Russia? When is a group of people loaded up at the border? 
before and then gone in like that. I mean, wh what, Russia 1979 and Afghanistan? That's, I mean, how long ago did that actually happen? Usually these things are, are not as deliberate. So what's going on behind the scenes that they're really trying to get after to divert you know, eyes and ears from that's going through this? So you have to ask those questions. Um, but I, I don't, I think in the current political landscape, I see it very, very challenging for the United States to have soldiers on the ground in the country, you know, in Ukraine fighting in Ukraine. Yeah, I would agree. I think the, the likelihood of, of military confrontation is, is almost none. I think if, if Russia were to invade, they are, Ukraine is not a NATO member. I think it'd be very difficult for Mr. Biden to employ military force in Ukraine directly uh, against Russia and fight a you know, proxy war there. I think that'd be very difficult at many levels. I don't think that will happen. Um, but I do think that we're slowly teetering to a point where it becomes less and less easy to back down as a challenge you know, to deal with. So I don't envy our, uh, our government's you know, position on what they're, what they're doing. Some of it may be self-inflicted. It's complicated, but I, I, would, I would argue that we, we will not, I don't believe, see direct military intervention. Jen, anything you want to send us out here with as we talk uh, the complexities of Ukraine, Russia, physical and cyber? Um. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't think so. Not, I don't think any more than I've said. Just, I think if you're defensible against one, you're defensible against most. Yep. So there's the guidance out there is not just relevant for Russia. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm talking, I'm talking cyber because I don't, you know, I don't live in the physical world. Um, <laughs> I'm going to use that one for a while. Um, but, you know, again, if you're defensible against one, the guidance out there is good for all situations. The only difference to me in my mind between the guidance that's, you know, for the the heightened Russian potential threat or everything else is the indicators that say, oh, this is, you know, this is a tactic from Russia. This is a Russian tactic. This is what they're doing. That's the only difference. Um, other actors use similar tactics. Um, maybe they are not coming from an IP address that portends to be from uh, from Russia or that's known uh, that Russian state-sponsored actors use or whatever the whatever the indicator is. Um, but that's the only difference. The, the defense is is really still the same. Um, I'm not huge on attribution. It's nice to know because there are those little nuances where you know Russian actors do do this and. Iranian actors do this, the North Korean actors do this, and China does that, you know, that kind of stuff. It's nice to kind of know those little nuances, but otherwise, let's just be prepared and let's just, let's just follow all the guidance and again, you help one threat, protect your, uh, resilient against one threat, you're resilient against them all. That's, that's it in a nutshell. I, I agree on all that. I think, you know, it is a time, certainly you're increasingly uh, area of expertise with, you know, with, with OT and ICS, you know, Jen, I think it's a, certainly is a good time to, you know, review plans, to, you know, remind folks of training, to make sure everybody knows they're supposed to do, that we're checking the things we're supposed to check. So doing all things we're supposed to do, but it's a good time to remind everybody to actually do those things we know we're supposed to do, I think, you know, certainly. And then it's also a good time to remind folks that it's a great time to make sure you've got people talking to other people. You know, we do a lot of work with the information sharing community, information sharing operations, and both formally and informally, it's a good time to be talking to people and make sure you're plugged in so that as things may develop, when those initial concerns may start, you know, we, have, we have people that we can have as fellow sensors out there that can identify threats, that can identify concerns, that can identify the TTPs, the IPs, and share them back with one another quickly 
so we can shut things down effectively. So, you know, dust off those training procedures, remind folks what to do, plug in where you can plug mm -hmm. in. Jen, go ahead. Uh, yeah, exactly what you're saying on that. You know, if, if there's of the some of the takeaways, it's it to your point, maintain that vigilance. Um, extra vigilance when it have that search support so that you can support things if they do come to a head and you know practice understand your procedures and if anything from a critical infrastructure perspective if you're a critical infrastructure organization make sure that you're able to pretty much run in manual mode in case you lose um you know in case you lose connectivity make sure you know that you're able to run as long as you possibly can in manual mode and all of that works um you know for an extended period of time so yes. to your point so dave you 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 entered your discussion by throwing us a question we've discussed it plenty you want to close this out no i i think that i mean we're all saying the right thing so unlike what i usually do where i say no and then go on for another five minutes i'm going to say no and be done all right, all right, all right. Maybe wait the, for it. Wait for it. Costa Rica changed me. It changed, changed, changed me. <laughs> changed me. All right. Well, then, Jim, we'll come over to you. So, so pivoting from the complexities of uh, global geopolitics and, and the challenge associated with that, what, what do you have for us today as a main topic? That was my main topic. Oh, Honestly. there we go. See, look at yeah. that. Yeah, you, you guys were you guys were planning this, I think. You got no. Me for like asking a question back. And here I go, I set the whole agenda today. Yeah, that well, was then. that was my planned main topic. I kind of thought, yeah, that was my planned main topic from a cyber perspective. And I kind of hit, hit the only one that I didn't hit of the items that I had on my kind of, you know, search support. No, I, I take that back. And the manual operations um, was kind of the best practices that we were talking, I was talking about before. Um, password security, like, you know, multi-factor authentication and long and strong and unique, that kind of stuff. And um, I, I've been on the known exploited vulnerabilities catalog yeah. from CISA um, bandwagon, like crazy. Um, not that I think that patching isn't always the answer. Most of the time it's the answer in IT, not always in OT, get that. But the known exploited vulnerabilities catalog, including the ones of, that are known to be exploited by Russian state-sponsored actors, um, those are IT-based. And there's very little reason to not patch your IT systems. Uh, we know what the actors are um, are exploiting right now, and their CISA and others are identifying them new ones on at least a near weekly basis. As a matter of fact, we just had um, an add to that catalog uh, last earlier this week or the end of last week right. and one of them was um if you remember the born again shell gnu born again shell bash uh remember shell shock uh this is from 2014 so actors are still successfully uh, exploiting for shell shock and i'm not going to get into what the vulnerability is but just the fact that it was shell shock that was one of the you know, one of the ones with the flashy names and the and the flashy logos. One of the first ones that not, yeah, kind of the first ones that was like taking the heat. But um, 2014. So if you're running, uh, you know, Linux systems, make sure you're patched for shell shock. But I digress. No, that's a good point. We'll, we'll include we'll include that reference as well. So it's a good thing. So this has been doing. They've been promoting it well. Um, you know, through through mailings, through reminders, social media, and everything else. We'll include that with the notes as well. So then, good. If you haven't reviewed it before, 
uh, make sure you can review it now or pass it on to the person in your organization that does. So, all right, well, fair enough. So we kick things off with Ukraine blended threats, preparedness, info sharing ops, good stuff, good stuff. We'll go to our always fun, always surprising roulette round, I think. So uh, Dave, we, we started with you last time. So Jen, anything you want to start us off with our, our quick hit roulette round? I'm going to let Dave, I, I heard it in the background. I see his head going. I know if we had video. Oh, can you still not hear that? Are you hearing this? You can hear it now. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. It was coming. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, my roulette round, actually, uh, I'm kind of going to do what Dave did in the first round. I'm going to throw it back to you, Andy, uh, because I really liked what you did. Uh, you did a recent blog post on the Gay 15 blog about um, kind of buy me a coffee, if you will. Um, and your highlight of that, among others, was none other than one of our favorite InfoSec gurus, Troy Hunt, um, Troy. Which, who, was, who was supposed to make an appearance in my opening comment about the video. It was my video for TCE was, was it has a lot to be desired, but I'm no Troy Hunt. It was kind of where I was headed because he's doing it. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, not Troy level, but at least better quality, better fidelity. Uh, but yeah, so you called out, uh, Troy had a little bit of a hiccup. And, um, you know, uh, funny how he said um, he got pwned by one of the by one of the services. But that said, um, I want you to talk about your blog post. But also, did you see I'm sure you saw the follow up where two of those, I think Cloudflare and the other one that was responsible, came together and split the difference, split the cost of, of the, the big oops that happened. But the whole idea of giving back to the community, you have inspired me to do that. Um, I thought it was amazing. I thought the post was amazing and I wanted to reply, but like, like that's my boss. That's my, he'll never say he's my boss, but yeah, that's my, you know, like that's my boss and that's, you know, and I just want to like, he practices what he preaches and what a good role model. And so I'm gushing on you now because I didn't know how to do it appropriately in Twitter. <laughs> So I didn't want it to come off weird. So I'm just saying that now because I think that's awesome. And um, yes, you have inspired me. Well, thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jess. So if, if you don't know what Jen's talking about, we'll include a link to that post in the notes as well. And in short, you know, I've, I've advocated for a long time with my family and, and wherever I can that there's so much amazing technology and so many amazing resources out there now that we can just grab, you know, on the internet and take advantage of. And that's, that's great. But I think after you know a while, if we if we start finding some things of value to us and we're using it, you know, just like we're seeing with Log4j, right? There, there's a there's a few folks trying to trying to maintain a lot of these systems that we rely on, a lot of the services that we love, and and the reality is that it costs time and money to do that, right? So if you if you find something of value, even if you don't necessarily need to pay for that premium level, if you're using it, you should pay for it. You should contribute. You should chip in. You know, so on behalf of the Gay 15 team. You know, we, we bought Troy a couple cups of coffee. Um, I think it was the take my kids out to dinner level or whatever it might have been. You know, we, we contribute to others. I mentioned in the blog post as well to support their efforts, you know, on my personal end. You know, it's just like with a, just like with a password manager. It's a good example. Everybody should use a password manager. You can get them for free. But if you find that you one that you like and you're using it consistently, pay, pay, pay the three bucks a month or the 10 bucks a month for your family plan, whatever it might be and support it because it takes people to maintain that stuff. So it is good and secure for you and your loved ones and everything else. So 
I'm a big advocate of that. I think it's important, you know, just like you don't want to pirate movies, right? Pay for Netflix or, or Disney Plus, whatever it is, and watch them. I think we have to pay for the things that we enjoy. And it's just the right thing to do. I think, you know, back to the old, you know, software days and games, you know, a lot of us played games. And I'll say when computers were still relatively new, a lot of us pirated copies from one another without even thinking about it because we were kids. But you grow out of that and you realize, hey, I should be paying for stuff that I'm using. I, and somebody built that game, that's their livelihood. I should pay them for it. Same thing with CDs and everything else back in the day. So and that, that's sort of my soapbox. But I appreciate your support of the, the post, Jen. And you can, you can gush on Twitter all you want. We're happy to have that. You know? <laughs> but, but thanks for that encouragement. Dave, any thoughts on the post? I know you might not have read it with your Costa Rica brain, but um, any thoughts or anything you want to chip in with? Limited bandwidth, limited bandwidth down there, Andy. It was up and down. Uh, the uh, My Wi-Fi connection was so inconsistent, it was terrible. I was able to stream a lot, though, when I hit the right spot, and uh, I got some good things out there. But to your point, Andy, I, I just applaud you for those efforts, and it's always great to get McDreamy. I mean, sorry, um, Mr. <laughs> Hockey in there, and um, it, it's it's great. But to your point, though, the larger point, and I think it's a really good one. There are a ton of resources out there for organizations. There are a lot of them are free, and there there's really there's, it, it really behooves us to really pay homage to those areas and just make sure that we're doing the right thing. And and if we're advocating for one thing over the other, and we have free resources that are available to us. You know, just recognizing those and stuff. I, I, I will tell you, some there are a lot. Yeah, I just wrote a report this week on exercises um, and, and such. And, and all the information was readily available from CISA or ready.org, all, you know, publicly funded, you know, opportunities. Organizations have a lot at their fingertips. And, and I really just challenge you because we talked about this a little bit on the Nerd Out podcast. Is, you know, sometimes we think about security and we think about all these enhanced, uh, uh, you know, tools and platforms that we need to have in our systems. And, and look, you know, the more the merrier in some places. But in a lot of respects, security comes down to doing the basics really well. And, and a lot of that just means leveraging those free resources or, or low cost resources. Again, for some things, $3 a month. I mean, what, what really does that cost you? And, and there's not outrage that should be given out of there. You know, we really need to leverage those. And then, and then to your point, Andy, I think we, you know, where we can, we need to do the extra yard and, and contribute to that because it's going to go away. And then we're going to complain that we don't have those resources available to us. So, um, yeah, I think I applaud you for those efforts, Andy. And I'm jealous and on a personal level. And But aside from that, I, I know we're all part of the team. Hey, thanks, Jen. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate you bringing that point up and, and, and generously, you know, teeing it up there. Anything you want to add on that before we pivot over to whatever nonsensical topic Dave wants to cover? <laughs> if you're thinking, you know, like, oh, that'd be nice. You know, I can't really afford that or can't justify that or whatever. And you're using it, then maybe you can give, maybe you're on social media. Um, you know, hopefully you're on. So oh, I say hopefully, but that's a double edged sword. But maybe you're on social media. Maybe you can just, you know, kind of like hey, this is a great tool and spread the word. And Because maybe someone like, you know, Andy can afford to go ahead and give a no-cut tool and then we'll be using it. And then um, graciously on behalf of Gate 15, you know, yeah. buy somebody a coffee. No, seriously, um, individually. And that goes individually as well. You have inspired me individually. Yeah, well, no, no, but I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I mean I'll, I'll share things. I use some of the tools that I, I like. And I just appreciate them. Like I'll tell you, one, one that I, I like, free plug, not a supporter of the podcast, 
Text Sniper is a fantastic tool, right? And so every now and again, I'll use it. I'm like, man, that just saved me 15 minutes of, of you know, work. So I was able to capture text and paste the way I needed it and, and, and adapt the way I needed it and very helpful. It costs, I think, like 10 bucks for, for, the, for the tool, right? And so I was, you know, I'll throw something out there on social media and yeah, whether somebody sees and gets inspired to check it out or not, I don't know. I don't really care, but I did my part to advocate for something that I think is really cool. So I think your point's right on, Jen. Tell somebody you know about it, share it you know, in person or socially, however you can, and let others maybe chip in if you're not in a place where you're able to do that at a given time or ready to make that commitment at a given time. So great thought, great point. Again, we'll share the blog post. Dave will maybe take time to read it at some point here. Thanks, Dave. And, uh, and we'll pivot over to him now. So Jen, thank you. Dave, we'll come over to you for our, for our roulette round. What do you have for us? Well, it's kind of the same thing. And again, it's a, another report I just kind of recently wrote up on, but I think it's really important speaking to the value of, you know, we don't need to subscribe all of these fancy threat intelligence services. Sometimes it's really just looking at the obvious. And in a couple uh, weeks back, the World Economic Forum produced their global risk report. And, and this is a really important report. And I encourage you to, if you haven't read it already, to go back to it. And, and again, it's not going to come out and say, here's the specific threat actors that you need to be worried about or whatever. They're going to talk about the all hazards risks that organizations are bringing up. And, and we hit on this a lot because it's really important. You can't, I mean, we've already touched on a lot of the blended threats today is you can't just look at threats in preparedness as what are the hostile threat actors that are going to be trying to, to steal my data or to, to create mass casualty events. Of course, those are the highest visibility ones, but it's the weather events. It's the, the uh, geopolitical situations sometimes. It's the um, the migration efforts that are going on around the world. These are all things that impact preparedness because they have cascading effects. It may not be blanket obvious when you're watching it day to day, but over time, these can have cascading effects. And I, I think that report, along with several other reports, there's any number of free reports that come out. And I think it's really important that this is integrated into your intelligence making and preparedness decision-making cycle. Because again, what does Gate 15 talk about? We, we wanna be able to make risk-informed decisions, right? I mean, so that's really a critical part of it. Understanding where the risks are, and it's not always that physical threat actor. It's not always that, that cyber criminal. It's some of these other things that may be around us every day that we're just not looking at, and we need to understand it. So I, I encourage everybody to read that report as you're going through it. Yeah, and we'll include that link as well as grabbing actually as you're chatting here, because it is good. It's, it's a big report. There's a lot in there. But there's a lot in you know to think about. And you're right. There are a lot of great resources out there. Uh, I, I'd like to promote the Gate 15 Sun or Free Daily. It's available. You can subscribe for free, no cost, no ads. But there's a lot of things that are out there that you can use to help inform your decision-making, your, your organizational preparedness, where you're going to prioritize efforts to. That's a large part of what we do, right? We, we do a lot of uh, open source intelligence collection analysis, and that's sort of what engaging pride itself on from an analytical standpoint. And you're right. There's a lot that's out there. So fair point, Dave. Jen, uh, any thoughts? Nope. And that was right. That was right on. And, and that's true. There are, you know, other organizations that whether it's cyber physical, you know, that are funded through others that, you know, um, you know, others well funded through others um, that may not need that buy me a coffee kind of thing. Um, and uh, there's plenty of it out there for everybody to use. So, um, you know, one thing that comes to mind is the Critical infrastructure or critical. I do this every time. Center for Internet Security. Why do I do that? The CIS controls um, cybersecurity 
controls, um, 18 controls, whatever. Center for Internet Security controls. But you know what I mean. Um, we'll include the link in the show notes. But, you know, well-funded organization, um, you know, a lot of volunteers, too, that help put those types of things together um, that are freely available. So you don't always have to subscribe to the boutique things. Sorry, boutiques. That's right. And so, so anybody listening, if you need help, you know, go include some of these resources, you're welcome to reach out to our team. We'll point you in the right direction if we can for anything that you need. Um, so good topics all around, good thoughts all around. There's a lot that we can do just by taking time to stop, think, prioritize our efforts and execute uh, excellently. So good things all around here. So I think with that, good topics, good discussion, a lot to share in the notes. I think that brings us to three questions. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll share. I, I was going to take these out for the new year. I thought perhaps that I'd, you know, finagled enough personal information from Jen and Dave that I need to continue this, but Dave, Dave seems to really love it. And so I thought, well, let me bring it back and, and we'll keep it going. So Dave, hey, people, people hacked my account several months back. So, I mean, we don't need to worry about protecting personal information. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll share this. I'll share this. I won't mention the individual, but just yesterday, and if this person's listening, he'll know exactly who he was. I paid one of our team members a compliment uh, in, in, in our Slack workspace. And sort of jokingly, he wrote back hours later that he thought my account had been hacked, not associating it with the compliment. So I read that and I was like, <laughs> what are you seeing? What, what, what's going on? So I started checking all the things I would check if I thought I'd been compromised, starting to sweat, putting off my lunch, trying to figure out what's going on. He casually comes back later and says, oh no, I was just kidding because I didn't expect a nice comment from you. So I'm, I'm glad that you weren't really hacked, nor was I. Nonetheless, let us move on to our three questions. So I may have asked this question last year, but I don't really remember, to be honest. And I'm so I'm hoping that those who are listening won't either. But here we are, the Risk Roundtable on the 2nd of February, Valentine's Month. So the question is, it's Valentine's Day, American consumerism at its worst, and just a made-up Hallmark event? Or is it a special day to share the love with someone we love? Dave, starting with you. Can we add a option three, a great event for cyber criminals to uh, to take advantage of through romance scams and all sorts of other things? Can we add that in there? I think it's I think it's a made up event. I, I'm not a fan. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I my loved one and I, we do our thing, but it is still uh, we don't put the emphasis on it that I think some people do. So. On behalf of your loved one, maybe you should stop, pause, and think about that a little bit longer. <laughs> just, just meditate on that a little bit. But we'll, nonetheless, we'll move on to Jen. Jen, what are your thoughts? I think it started off with good intentions way, way back when, and it got commercialized, unfortunately. And yes, it's like, you know, over the top. I saw Valentine's, you know, decorations up before Christmas was even over. I'm like, are you kidding me? And I don't even go shopping that much. So um, yeah, it, it started off as a good thing um, for a reason, St. Valentine and, 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 and whatnot, but it, it got blown out of proportion. I know, in the name of love, but- St. Valentine's overrated. Oof, you guys, <laughs> you guys, well, you know. You? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree, but nonetheless, you know, <clears throat> compelled to recognize it in all of its splendor and glory because I've been married for, I think, 23 years, and I'd like to continue for another 23 more. So we've got some weekend plans, Valentine's Day being on a Monday, the weekend before, we're going to do all of our fun stuff. I'll share this with you. We're going to go see a 
Bon Jovi cover band on Valentine's Day weekend. You can't beat shot through the heart, right? Going into Valentine's Day. <laughs> You're so. too vain, baby. You give love. Oh, only here at the Gay 15 Risk Roundtable do you get that quality performance from Dave Pounder. So, <laughs> so we're excited about that. But all right. So that was one. That was one of these next two. So um, well, my here. anniversary is around Valentine's Day. So we kind of <laughs> double up, like, you know, we'll just like kind of combine them. So to That's your fair. point. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> merge, merge, consolidate merge. resources. Merge. All right. So yeah, it, like we're not doing Valentine's Day because, you know, we got married, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, keep that going. Keep that going. <laughs> so we, we mentioned some social media earlier. So as Dave and I noted on Twitter earlier this month, there is talk of a new quantum leap show. Your opinion, yes, please, or no, please don't ruin a great show with a sequel. Jen? No, um, I didn't watch all of the Quantum Leap. Um, I love Scott Bakula in Star Trek Enterprise, the prequel of whatever. My husband can't separate Quantum Leap Scott Bakula and Enterprise Scott Bakula, so he doesn't join me in the, um, you know, affinity for Star Trek Enterprise, but I'm, I'm going for yay, because I would like to see it. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. came, became a big Scott Bakula fan. Is Scott Bakula going to, like, jump out of the captain scene? It's going to be James T. Kirk again or something like that? Is that the, <laughs> the difference? That's good. That's good. Dave, what are your thoughts? More Quantum Leap or don't ruin a classic? Oh, yes, please. Sign me up. So get it yeah. on there. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was I was in college when I really got into Quantum Leap. I think the show was over. I was, it was reruns. I forget what channel it was hosting. But it'd be USA on, Network. USA Network. So there you go. So it would be on like at, at noon every day. And I had classes early and late. So I would come home from classes, make a giant salad, and like watch Quantum Leap. And then I would flip over and watch some kids in the hall on Comedy Central. Like that was my lunch break for like a year straight, I think. And I, I probably watched every episode of Quantum Leap twice during that time. So I would love a sequel. I'm a big Scott Bakula fan. I hope you would be in it if they do it. Okay, make a note. We can't do it in this podcast today, but Andy needs to share about his uh, his making a salad thing because this is him making a salad because I've seen this and it is <laughs> unlike nothing you'll ever experience in your life. I have tried to replicate an Andy Jabor salad. It does not work. I'm just saying. We make a note to come back to this later. Uh, we'll, come, we'll come back. They, they were they were enormous. It was like half a head of lettuce, you know, per serving, but it was awesome. So I appreciate the love and encouragement of my salad making skills, Dave. I appreciate. It. All right. So last one. This is this is treading into dangerous waters, if I believe. But Jen, I'm not sure if you've been watching this or not. So you can opt out or otherwise comment and make fun of us. But another discussion, Mr. Pounder, and I touched on on Twitter was regarding the Disney Plus series, The Book of Boba Fett. Which, as we record this, I'm wearing my my baby Yoda shirt and getting ready to watch a new episode tonight. So from a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, rate this series and comment briefly, Dave Pounder. We'll start with, we'll start with you, Jen, just to uh, give you a chance. Okay. So I have to pass because I'm not watching that show, but I will, I could always add it to a binge list if I ever get quarantined especially in Costa Rica or something, but uh, I'm more likely to binge watch something like Hawkeye or some of the um, the Marvel um, offshoot or origin story shows before I would I would go to Star Wars. Well, well you pull up on a given, you know, stormy Pennsylvania Saturday or Sunday, 
each each series is like five hours of your life to probably get through if you watch them. <laughs> and you enjoy some Mandalorian and some Book of Boba Fett, and you share your thoughts back when you're ready because we'd like to hear that from you as a as a sci-fi nerd and aficionado yourself. This is some different shows, <laughs> okay. specifically Doctor Who. But Dave, over to you. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Between one and ten, where are you putting it? Okay, so do I include last week? Okay, spoiler alert. Do I include last week's episode? But without giving the details, yeah, you can't you can't rate just individual segments of a show, Dave. It's it's the show to present. Give it a score, man. Okay, because of last week's episode, I will just say I will put it up around seven point five. Prior to last week's episode, I would say it was fine. It was about a five or a six. Look, I like Bo. Uh, who? Okay, if you grew up like we did, Andy, you love Boba Fett. There was so much mystique and around of Boba Fett. You had to be you. You love Boba Fett. Empire Strikes Back is the greatest Star Wars movie ever produced. Uh, uh, Rogue One follows second. Everything else is a distant after that. The, the point is, is like, we love Boba Fett. I think Mandalorian became what Boba Fett was. I heard that take from somebody else and I'm, not I'm taking it. I mean, and so I want to see what's going to happen in these next couple episodes. It can still salvage itself. I'm, I'm, I, I have faith because it's starting to turn a little bit better. Um, but like, I didn't care about the sand people, people stuff. I, I, I can appreciate a sand person. I can appreciate them. But I didn't need to see effectively half the episode talking about that. So that's where I stand on it. Still a fan of Boba, still going to watch. Um, but I, I, I'm hoping it's going to be better. It, it's great. I'm glad you're enjoying the buildup. I'll, I'll agree with 7.5 or anything. That's fair. I think it's a 40-year it's mystery being played yeah. out in front of us. I think yeah. it's exciting. I, I like that they're doing that. Some people aren't fans of them sort of filling in the gaps. But I think it's really cool for folks who grew up with like questions about how do we get here. So I'm enjoying it. I think it's a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it. And uh, I, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good series. I think I'll have something snarky to say as you're, as you're chatting on there, but I'll <laughs> kind of come back to it when I get to it. But yeah, I, I think it's a good job. I'm enjoying it. And Jen, I think, it, I think you like it as well when you get there, if you get there. So, all right, well, that's our three questions for this month. Anything you guys want to wrap up and send us out with? Oh, gosh. Um... I, I can uh, here. I'll just wrap up something non-security related. I was able to binge watch Peacemaker and Ted Lasso, and I I love both of them. Peacemaker, look, John Cena. I would never have thought it. He is killing me every week. Now it is not politically correct, so please, I'm not advocating that he did. It's a he's a good character necessarily, but he is just killing me every week. Um, and I do like Ted Lasso, so that's where I'll end. Be safe. Uh, check your sources for disinformation and misinformation. Dave, you're a fountain of, of entertainment misinformation, <laughs> but, but I, I have like recommendations there. Jen, anything you want to send us out with? I just want to say, uh, be vigilant, be prepared, but don't panic. Always good advice. And also referencing an incredible book series, the greatest five-part trilogy in the history of books, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Never. <laughs> We're going there. Panic don't panic so hey I'll, I'll close out with with my final thoughts just two really quick things to go back to where we started dave was talking about football i'll tell you one amazing nfl playoffs just awesome games i love the teams i love the storylines it's probably the best postseason i've ever seen and the bills chiefs game is probably the single best football game i've ever seen as we're recording this today uh the washington football team just announced their name change to the washington commanders and as everyone in the world expected 
a complete fumble and disaster. I can't believe they paid money to come up with the awful name they did. And I love seeing them get trolled on social media for the disaster of calling themselves the Washington Commanders. What a complete and, and total flub. Nothing that we didn't expect, but it's funny to see it play out in real time. As for Matt Stafford, I'm cheering on for that team. I know everybody's on the, uh, the Joe Burr bandwagon. You know, it's exciting to see the Bengals be, be exciting and good. I don't care who wins, but of course, I'd love to see my guy Matt Stafford get a Super Bowl ring. He's, he served his time, hard time in Detroit, and he's on to exciting things now. So it's going to be a good game. Looking forward to it. In a sad note, also, I'm sorry to see Howard Hessman passed away. I came to the U.S. just in the middle of the uh, run of WKRP, and I grew up watching reruns and later enjoyed him and head of the class. I think, uh, you know, Dr. Johnny Fever and Charlie Moore were, were great characters. That show was actually the first uh, U.S. show to record an episode entirely in Moscow, which I think was kind of cool as well. So great talent. May he rest in peace. It's sad to see some of these talents go. But I think that's my last thought there. So, Jen, thank you. Dave, thank you. Appreciate getting back to the Risk Roundtable. Dave, I hope you stay with us for the rest of the year and don't gallivant off to another foreign country and uh, confusing COVID situation. But all right, with that, that's our first Risk Roundtable for 2022. Again, thank you as always. Risk Roundtable is our recurring monthly discussion among our team and occasional guests as we explore the all hazards, threats, and risks impacting the United States and worldwide, such as the Ukraine tensions that are unfolding before us right now. As we apply our threat-informed risk-based approach to analysis, preparedness, and operations, we hope you enjoy these podcasts, our free daily paper I mentioned earlier, the Gay 15 Sun, and our other communications and resources. The full podcast menu includes this Risk Roundtable, Jen, a cybersecurity evangelist, Dave's Nerd Out Security Panel Discussion, and my monthly Gay 15 interview. We hope you'll subscribe, listen, and share your ideas and other feedback. And in the meanwhile, thanks for listening. Have a great day.